Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. On episode 16 of the Green Street Hammers podcast, the whole crew is back together and we revisit West Ham's FA Cup win over Birmingham. We move on to Twitter questions and a new segment before an impromptu discussion on West Ham's next FA Cup opponent, AFC Wimbledon. We end with a full review of the upcoming league match against Arsenal. All right, welcome to the Green Street Hammers podcast. This is episode 16. And uh, as if by some New Year's magic, we have the entire crew here together. Everyone's back. We've got uh, myself, Adam, in Toronto, Scott in Melbourne, Australia. We have Jeff down in Texas. And we have Jeremiah out in Colorado, I believe. Gentlemen, how are we all doing? Very good, thank you. Good. Here. All right, all right. Good way to start it off. I'm excited. We haven't had everyone here for a while, so it, uh, it's a good way to, uh, to start off the new year. I know we did have one last week, but uh, we'll build on this uh, momentum here. And we can start with uh, a little review of uh, the last match we had. West Ham's FA Cup third round draw was a 2-0 win over Birmingham. Um, a pretty dominant effort, if you want to put it into statistical terms. But uh, Burnham looked uh, up for a game, that's for sure. Uh, Scott, what did you uh, what did you make of the uh, of the entire match as far as West Ham was concerned? Their uh, their two nil win there. I don't think it really went differently to how you could really expect a decent Premier League side and a decent Championship side to go. Uh, we dominated possession. They created a lot more chances per possession that they got forward quickly. They really tried to push us when they had the ball. And we were just more clinical in the end. Uh, we got uh, Carroll cleared off the line. There was there was chances for both teams, but at the end, we by beginning and the end of the match, we put away the chances we had, and that's probably the difference between Premier League and Championship. They they played fast pace. We we kept the ball and we we made it work for us. So yeah, anyone who wanted more, I don't really understand it. We we kind of we protected some players in the side um arnie came off uh when uh pellegrini wanted to protect him and we we won i think that's 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 the fa cup go through next round 
Jeff, uh, Arnautovic scored in the second minute off of a uh, scrambled header uh, off a corner kick and was then promptly taken out uh, in the 20th minute. Um, are you a fan of the move from Pellegrini here to to pull out our star striker uh, once the lead was intact? Sure. Why not? I mean, I think I think when you watch any of these FA Cup matches, especially when you have a championship side against an EPL side, boy, it can get rough and it can get chippy. And there's no sense in taking a guy who's really shouldn't have been starting under normal circumstances. But I think Arnautovic starting because he hasn't really got a lot of matches recently because he has been injured. So the only reason he got the start was because they're trying to get a run of play into his legs. Then once he scores and once we kind of establish the momentum of the game, they take him off both because we have the lead and as a precaution. And I think that's just smart. We shouldn't need Marco Arnautovic to play 90 minutes to advance in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you there. And, you know, the, the, the old tactic used to be keep your big guns on the bench. I think, uh, as I'm saying, this Mo Salah is coming on against Wolves to try and clean up a, an FA Cup, at least draw, for, for Liverpool. But the old adage was, you know, keep your big guns on the bench, and if you're losing or it's a close match, bring them in to close it out. Pellegrini did do that with Felipe Anderson, just bringing him in to sort of carry the ball at the end of the match. But he went all out for it in the beginning and clearly had a plan to pull him uh, to pull him after that goal. So um, we'll go from one goal scorer to another. And in the 91st minute, Andy Carroll gets his first of the season, the first his first since April of last year, I believe. Jeremiah, your guy, my guy. What did you make of the goal? And, and uh, give me an overall grade on his performance in this match, if you could. Man, it was due. You know, they kept coming into him the entire match uh, or most of the match and it was definitely due I think if we're I'll start with the grade I'm gonna be a little harsh on him I'll probably give him a C if we're gonna go uh, grade value that way I mean just kind of harshly I don't know if he hasn't really got back into like full shape yet just from his like you know pretty long lengthy injury that he had or what the deal was but I think overall uh, it's good to see the goal it's good to see you know the 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 kind of emotion that he had. I think uh, I've seen a lot of people kind of laughing, like, did he, was he crying? Was there tears? But uh, just seeing the emotion that he had from finally scoring, and it was it was a perfect cross from Antonio, and um, he finally got free. And so, I mean, overall, I give him a C. I'm going to be a little harsh on him, even though I love him. But the goal was due, and it was it was a solid goal for sure. And Jeff, did you see? Did you think there was any? chances that he had earlier that he should have maybe done better on in that match not in particular i don't recall any that i just thought were groaners where he missed a huge opportunity unlike i saw from a couple other guys antonio (laughs) you know earlier in the match but you know i i we we have talked more about andy carroll on this podcast it seems like than than any other player at least any other starter and i think it's he's such a lightning rod it's, it's strange to say that he's not match fit and he's not in shape because he's been playing now for about six weeks and he should be. He should be in match shape. I just think that the style of play that we're playing and the players that are around him, we're not playing that style anymore. We're just not banging the ball into him every chance we get down, you know, down the pitch. And I think that's hurting him. It was great to see him score, no doubt. If we could find any kind of form for him as a super sub, it would help us in the long run, I think. But I, I just, I didn't, I think he's been okay. I agree with this, the C average grade. That's what he's been. Mm-hmm. He's been okay. Yeah, and, and you know, there, there was one uh, in particular chance. Uh, it was a long ball down the middle. Andy Carroll jumped up, won the header, uh, and then the ball was sent back into him. And he brought it down, shook his defender, stepped around the keeper, and just hit it too long and mm-hmm. ended up shooting it into the side of the net. Um, 
and people were sort of slating him for that. I have never known Andy Carroll to, to take a ball off of his chest, bring it down to his feet, and walk around the keeper, let alone get a chance on goal at any point in time there. So he there's there's definitely signs that he's on the right track, but I think I think Jeremiah got it right with his grade C. He, he kind of jogged around. He clearly wasn't match fit, especially for 70 minutes in this one, uh, but he... He was up for it. He, he was there and he was trying. I just think he needs to get in better shape and take after Robert Snodgrass and have that sort of mini career revival where he loses a little bit of weight, puts his head down, works hard, keeps his head out of the papers or off of uh, any tables with some substances piled up on top of them and uh, just <laughs> focuses on focuses on the matches at hand. And I think he actually wants to because the uh, the life of luxury of what 90K a week is about to come to an end for him. So... Uh, if he if he likes living that life, I think he'll find a way to, to stay motivated. Um, as far as youth goes in this match, we saw Grady D and Ghana get the start, and we saw Zande Silva get his first start after coming on uh, with a draw uh, against Brighton. A little disappointing not to see Nathan Hall in there, wasn't it, Scott? Yeah, I mean, in an ideal world, there'd be a bit more youth involved. I, I mean, I wrote an article about I would have quite liked to have seen the trio of them, uh, Silva, Dean Garner, and uh, Holland, uh, probably get a start with Nasri sort of taking up that number 10 role in the middle of them. It, Looking at how it went, uh, and I understand that Arnautovic was picked because, as you say, he hasn't had much game, and he is our best striker. Mm-hmm. And looking at how the game went... It, probably needed that kind of clinical edge to it um, because Birmingham did play well. They they were a solid side and I think it's one of those where yeah if you could if you could guarantee a win and play youth, brilliant. But the win is the more important thing. So I can see why Pellegrini erred on the side of side uh, side of going through and a bit of caution than just going full youth. Yeah, it, did you guys think I don't know. I just want your opinion on it. Was Zonda Silva playing left wing? That's what I thought. It looked like it, yeah. He kind of... Um, go ahead, Scott. Uh, I said, I think Silva's, Silva's quite a versatile player from what I've seen and more in the under-23s and uh, stuff I've seen, uh, videos I've watched before. He does play as an inside forward. Um, he can play as a striker. I think his best, best attribute is when he can isolate a defender, like if he is playing off the left wing, uh, such that... But it means that he's going to find it hard to get game time with Anderson in such good form and hopefully not injured for the rest of the season. Um, and also, I think that's Nathan Holland's favourite position as well. So we've we've got a real a sort of influx of talent in that area, which is good and a potential issue for Pellegrini. Yeah, I, I won't direct this topic or anything on anyone in particular, so jump in if you feel uh, ambitious, but I thought Grady Diangana was absolutely electric in this game, and he, he's had a few, not stinkers, but games where he's disappeared a bit, and uh, I, I just can't really say enough about how impressive he is with such, you know, he's, he's very small, uh, he's got very little experience, although he's racking it up match by match now. But uh, Diangana kind of looks like he's one to watch here. He's great at cutting inside, but also he's got a great left left foot on him too. No, I thought he was fantastic, and uh, I completely agree. You know, he, you can tell he's still young. He, he's got not – I won't call it sloppy. That would be a little too harsh. But you can tell from time to time he tries to do something that doesn't really work. But all in all, yeah, the left foot looked good. He's good at cutting in. He's got a lot of pace, and you can tell he's just – he's out there and he wants to play. And, and I was – 
I was not surprised, but like you said, he's had a couple rough matches. Maybe not rough, but he's had a, he's had some decent ones. But yeah, he he definitely came out, and I I loved it. I would have loved to have seen Holland too, like uh, like you were saying, Scott. But yeah, with with Grady Diangana, he looked fantastic. I thought. You know, it's interesting with Diangana, and I'll echo everything that y'all have said. It, it not not that Antonio is going to be our regular right back. He's not. He's going to play right back when. Uh, Zabaleta needs a rest. But, you know, Diangana and Antonio, it's like he's the only guy that Antonio has any chemistry with. They work the one-two, and they work together on that side pretty well. And I think there there's something to be said for that, too, if uh, Antonio's going to be playing a match at right back. And I know we have Snodgrass that can play on that wing and Diangana. So I think there's something to be said for that. And I think he's just he's noticeable and he's not scared to make things happen and to try to do things. And I think that's fantastic. I think any time that our club can have someone on the pitch that the other t- team has to pay close attention to outside of Anderson, it's a plus. And so if you have Anderson and Arnautovic out there, okay, that's two guys for them to pay attention to. If you have Arnautovic and Anderson and Diangana, well, if they sleep on Diangana, he can definitely do some damage or get the ball to one of the other guys. And I think those are great qualities to have. And I think he's just going to continue to improve. And I love when he's in the side. I love it. I think he's great. Yeah, I uh, I also – I'm happy you brought up the Antonio part because I also think uh, Diangana – multiple times throughout the match actually almost continuously was sprinting to cover back at right back Antonio mm-hmm. obviously loves to get up and, and get forward but Diangana was certainly at least getting a body in the way of play down there and, and that's good to see and clearly it's been a focus of uh, getting our wingers or wide players to come back so uh, let's get away from the youth here and Scott you are uh, you are the elder statesman of the Green Street Hammer so I'll let you have your say first but were you impressed if so how much and what are your thoughts in general on the newest West Ham signing Samir Nazri Yeah I think he did well considering he's not played football in over a year he covered a lot of ground he got on the ball uh, he showed that he still finds a pass I don't really think we could have asked too much more of him. He, I mean, we will face harder play, uh, harder teams than Birmingham, but he took up that number 10 role. He got on the ball. He made passes. <sighs> he's come in, like, Pellegrini's picked him because he knows what he, what he's about. He's got a good passing range on him. He, he runs, and he gets involved in play, and that's what he did. And if that's why he's been signed, then perfect. Uh, he can cover across the attacking midfield he can play central midfield as well I mean he's he's more an attacking player than a defensive player but he still uh, still covers a lot of ground and that really helped us uh, that kind of uh, work ethic in the middle I, I was impressed I mean I'm not I'm still not 100% sure of his attitude in the long term because he's shown at times that he can uh, not necessarily throw his toys out of the pram but something close <laughs> he can throw he can throw a little bit of a strop at times and that attitude has to be that the potential for professionalism is called into question by the fact he got this ban in the first place so yeah I think in terms of if we brought him in as cover for the next 6 months or 18 months, brilliant I think he's done well and uh, I hope that we see him just continue to improve as his match fitness recovers Yeah guys let me know your thoughts too, I want to, I want to hear where we're all at on Nazri here, so Jeff maybe let, let me know what you think Yeah Sure. And I mean, I haven't seen much of this guy at all. I mean, I haven't, I don't really remember him in that Manchester City side uh, very much. That's probably my bad. But I, I was impressed. He was no, another guy who was noticeable. And I thought, okay, I can see 
the rust, but underneath the rust with any good player, you can tell the players that have a skill level that's a cut above. Absolutely. And I felt and I felt like that's what you could see with him, even though you have the rust. But he, I, I agree. He, he could pick out a pass. He kind of controlled the ball when he got it to him. He knew where to go with it. He didn't hesitate. And, and for something that's a free and that's cheap, regardless of what his weekly wage is, Matt, I don't think anybody really knows for sure, but for something like that as cover on the club, I think it's a great signing, and I think it's someone who can contribute. And even if it's even if he's here to rebuild his career and go somewhere else, okay, fine. But then we're the beneficiary of that, right? Absolutely. Jeremiah, what do you think? Yeah, I absolutely agree with what both of y'all said. Uh, if I was going to give him a grade, it would have been an A. I thought he did fantastic. He only made, from what I remember seeing, was one bad pass. He passed it right to the other guy. But, I mean, he looked he looked solid. You know, he had his good passes. He was able to collect the ball. He looked okay defensively, too. There was that one nice set between him and Arnie where they kind of passed it back and forth um, for a little bit, and they almost scored off of that. But I think, it's like you said, Jeff, it's going to take a little bit to get the rust completely off. But for not playing football for over a year, I think he looked I – was, I was impressed. I'm glad also that uh, you brought up the rust there. And, and I wasn't so sure I was seeing rust as much as like, and maybe it's the same thing, but just like getting into the pressures of playing in a game rather than in training. Uh, but something that was really impressive with him was the way he, when he received the ball, he'd move his body. And you could see he sort of directed his chest where he wanted the ball to go and played one the one-twos with Arnautovic really well early. But um, yeah, I think, when when you said, uh, Jeff, that you, you saw him sort of get comfortable and step into the match, for me, that was when he started coming back to when uh, the center backs were holding the ball for West Ham. And he dropped all the way from that number 10 position to pick up the ball and get it up the pitch. To me, I was like, oh, this is what we've been missing. Someone dropping back deep, getting the ball, and carrying it up. And, yeah, I, I can't I can't disagree with you guys, so I don't think I will. And you know, uh, you know, Yeah, go the ahead. The thing that struck me, too, was I looked at when he was playing, I thought, wow, Here's Jack Wilshire, but it's not Jack Wilshire. That this is what Jack Wilshire's supposed to do for us, right? And that's what that's kind of what hit me. And I thought, okay, great. He's not here. I mean, who even knows if he'll be back this year? I don't think he's supposed to be, or when? Who cares? You can't count on him. And I thought this is great. So is it coverage for that coverage or coverage for Lanzini? It doesn't matter. Coverage for Sanchez. Obviously, we all understand the issues that the club has in midfield. So I think at this point, we can't have enough bodies that can contribute, even if it's in a limited role, because together it's kind of like that midfield by committee where you have in some other sport where you have running back by committee or closer by committee. Maybe that's what our midfield is. It's a little bit of midfield by committee. And I think that's okay because the sum will be, you know, the great, the, what do you say? The sum is greater than the whole of its parts or whatever. Yeah. That's what I think midfield yeah. is. And don't you just have trust? I mean, you're not letting your team be dictated by the other team, but I have trust in Pellegrini's football knowledge where he's going to be able to pick out his best team for what the opposition brings. Let's say it was Billich. I wouldn't necessarily know based on his tenure as a manager if he could identify which players to play in, in which positions or which team makeup to use. Moyes, it would be who's, who's your most defensive-minded player and who can – lob the ball up the field with the most uh, strength on it. But um, guys, to close out this this review here, um, I'll spring it on you, so I'll, I'll go first and give you some time to think about it. But what's like, if we're talking about the FA Cup, what's one sort of something you took from this match or something you're hoping for from West Ham um, just to go forward in this tournament? I will start with, my, uh, with mine here, just to, again, give you some breathing room. But I, I believe that if West Ham are going to take this cup seriously... Uh, they can't do it with Adrian and Nett. 
I thought he looked scared. Uh, he second-guessed himself on the back line. He yells when he has the ball, and his outletting's fine. Um, but I just don't have the faith I have in, in him that I do in Fabianski. And I think if, like we said, we want West Ham to go on a deep run, I think it should be the Polish keeper going forward. Uh, whoever can jump in next here on your on your one thought. I think that's a good thought. And I think uh, what we should do is if we want to have a deep cup run is we have to take advantage of the other EPL sides that have other business such as Champions League or European football to also occupy their time as well as the league. I think that's an advantage a club like West Ham has in this tournament is we don't have any other outside distractions. Um, We also don't have the distraction of having to worry about relegation like we have the last two seasons. So I think we have the opportunity and the club and the squad to focus on the FA cup this time. And so I think the advantage comes in was we get another round or two in uh, to dovetail off your point. We're going to be able to catch clubs that have other things on their mind and other matches to worry about that we don't have. And then number two, I think when we do get to that point, I 100% agree with you. We should be putting out our best lineup and that includes Fabianski and net and it includes Anderson and it includes Snodgrass and Noble and all the rest. Because if we do have designs on that, we have to put out a stronger side against the club that is going to put out a weaker side because they've got a league match and a champions league or a European football match midweek also to contend with. Yeah, I completely agree with uh, I'm kind of going to steal, I guess, what both of y'all said. Because um, it's very true. I mean, you look at today's match, I know with Liverpool and Wolves going on, and I don't know what the score is. So somebody wants to update me on what the current score is. But, I mean, I think if you took a full Liverpool squad against a full Wolves squad, Liverpool is probably going to win 10 out of 10 times or 9 out of 10 times. Um, and you can see that today. They're taking advantage of that. And I think you're exactly right that we need to do just that. I don't know who we're going to get in this draw tonight um and i guess it just depends but yeah i was yelling at the tv because as much as i love adrian he's not the same keeper that fabianski is um fabianski is going to come out he had he looks just a lot more confident there's plenty of times and he even got hurt in the last match um against brighton whenever he kept coming out and you know he comes out so much and adrian just kind of stands back there and just waits and almost lets it come to him and, you know, I'm no goalkeeper by trade, but I know that you're going to get beat more times out of, out of not if you just let them let the play come to you. So that was kind of infuriating to me. I get, you know, why they might plan for now, but I do hope that if – I do hope we take this serious, and I do think we will take it serious because Pellegrini has said that we are, um, that we'll, we will see Fabianski back in there again. But, yeah, you got to take advantage of it because it's a cup, and, and like we said in the opening, you know, a win's a win, so – if we would only won one nil and, you know, we scored in the second minute and that was it, I still would have took it. So Scott, why don't you close us out here? Yeah, I think, uh, uh, Jeremiah said it there when you, it oh, cups a win. Uh, that's what the goal is. And I think we've got, we've got a decent squad. It's one of the best squads I think we've had in a long time. It actually goes deep. I don't mind when we rotate a little bit. And that's what we did here. We rotated to pick our squad. I think, uh, obviously, Adrian, I think he's going to be our cup keeper. I think we're going to see him play throughout in the cup. And uh, But I don't think that necessarily if you play well, uh, I think he's going to, Pellegrini is going to have to juggle the fact that if he rotates, if someone plays really well in the cup, does they do they then step in over the regular person? So, I mean, if... So, Silva played left wing and... If he had played left wing and banged in two or three goals from left wing, 
well, how do you deal with that uh, again with Anderson? Do you try and fit them both in somehow? It, it's an interesting thing, but I think we've got. I don't think we've got any bad problems. I think we've got some interesting decisions Pellegrini might have to make, and that's what the cup should hopefully bring us. And hopefully we get some success out of it. All right, well, uh, we'll take a quick break here, and when we come back, we will get into some questions and some future titles for blogs. Uh, Keep it locked here on the Green Street Hammers podcast. All right, welcome back here to segment two where we are jumping into some Twitter questions. Uh, First and foremost, uh, we'd like to thank anyone who does interact with us on Twitter. We're we're here for the conversations, even if they are about whether Andy Carroll has lost it or not or deserves any respect. Uh, Boy, (laughs) that whipped up a storm on on the uh, match day there. That was incredible. Um, Okay, so uh, let's jump into the first one here from the Rival Sports at the Rival Sports. Uh, gentlemen, how many signings, permanent or loan, do you realistically think West Ham will make in the January window? Uh, Jeremiah, let's drop to you first here. What do you think? Whew, I guess it, I guess realistically it depends on who we drop off. I'm thinking that we're going to at least drop off probably three. I'm going to go with three. I think Perez will probably go. Um, we're going to drop Oxford off, I would imagine. And then um, I could I could see someone else gone, maybe an Obiang or an Ogbana. But uh, I think, as far as picking up, I think we'll probably pick up four. I'm going to go with four. Um, and I think we'll obviously look at another striker, um, something on either left or right back, probably right back, and then some more center. Because, like you were saying, Jeff, you know, uh, midfield by committee, I think at this point, you know, whoever we can get in there, because who knows, we are West Ham, <laughs> we're going to get injured. Um, but I'll go with four. I don't really know exactly who those four might be yet, but I think four would be a solid, uh, solid signing for the wintertime. All right, Scott, jump in there. No, I think we're going to... So, I mean, if we include Nasri, uh, so we've got Nasri, I think we'll sign a utility player, so someone who's going to just cover some midfield or defensive area. Uh, I think we'll get a striker on loan. Um, I think we'll see the back of either Perez or Chicharito. I mean, I'd much rather it be Perez. Um... I reckon we all get, including Nasri, I think we're looking at three or four. I don't think we're going to go mad. I'm not sure how much we're going to spend. I, I don't think it'll be too much. It's one of the reasons I'm not sure about the transfer for Gary Medell anymore. I think we're starting to get into a quite an expensive category for a player who is not the right side of 30. Uh, I think we're looking at above 10 million for him now. And I th- there's a lot of players we could be putting that towards that would be improving the first team. And yeah, I think we've. I think we're going to get three or four uh, players in, including Nasri. All right, Jeff. I agree. I think it's more like three, including Nasri. Uh, you know, January the window is just so inflated. The market is so inflated. I think it makes it tough. Everybody knows what everybody needs at that point, as opposed to the summer when everybody's got great expectations. So, I think that intends to inflate the market. Uh, I agree. Uh, striker comes in if a striker goes. Hopefully Perez and not Chicharito. Although once again, Chicharito out. Kind of mysterious circumstances why he's not been available. Um, yeah, I think midfield is always a place to look. And in one area of the team that is particularly weak, and we all know this, you know, midfield is, seems to be shaping up. But we really don't have any cover at right back when Antonio's playing right back. So if you sign a right back, then there comes that utility player of Antonio is kind of in the squad. Um, You know, we talked about before a month or two ago about perhaps um, 
uh, Manuel Lanzini was going to be a Jan- like a January signing. It doesn't look like that's going to be the case. So I'd still call it maybe three. I just think it's a little bit tougher to do business in January. And I think also from a business perspective, what does the club really hope to accomplish? I think I think we already know there's a big gaggle of teams between 7th and 12th or 13th. It's going to be pretty tough to break the top six, of course. I don't think we're in any danger of being relegated. So whatever money they spend, it has to be with some particular goal in mind. And I just wonder if they think business-wise the signings for cover are going to be okay, but is it really going to improve our lot in life to get up from where we are now, which is probably realistically 8th, ninth, maybe 7th. Uh, and some breaking uh, news here. Uh, we do have our um, <clears throat> FA Cup fourth-round draw opponent confirmed. Uh, it's breaking to us, but when you're listening to this, it'll be old news by then. But uh, West Ham have drawn to face AFC Wimbledon uh, in the fourth round. Um, I'm not sure if it's home or away. Uh, we're away. We're yeah. away? Okay, it's so lucky. Wimbledon away. Um, a team that we played and beat early in the season, although they were tough in that first matchup in the Carabao Cup. So let's take a quick divergent here, divergent set here. And, um, yeah, I was going to say two signings, Nazri plus one more, uh, and it's going to be someone none of us have heard of that Husilios has tabs on either in, like, Brazil or somewhere in France's second league. Um, but uh, Wimbledon away. What, what, are the, what are our thoughts on that? I don't know. It's, it's, it's very quick and very brief, but... Um, do we get another Issa Diop wonder strike? Well, how are we going to, I think the Wimbledon's going to be kind of blown away when they see where West Ham's at now compared to where they were at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, that was a scary match. I remember being pretty upset over that. I mean, we got the win, but you know, we, that much different team then than we are now. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good one. It's hopefully, you know, without getting too far ahead of it hopefully another another win to get us into the next round um it wasn't who i wanted to play but you know you'll take it it's better than having to face somebody that you might lose out to so we'll take it and like you said i think we are a better team than we were then yeah and just just to reiterate here west ham did win 3-1 uh on -hmm. uh, august 18th there was an 18 minute red card uh, but also a, t- a two-minute goal uh, from Wimbledon. But Issa Diop scored in the 63rd minute. Ogbonna scored off a corner in the 83rd, and Hernandez scored in the 92nd. Uh, West Ham had 28 shots with 11 on target and 81% possession, amassing 720 passes opposed to Wimbledon's 174. Scott, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that the bottom of League One, or that the they're struggling in League One. I think we're looking at two sides that uh, I think Wimbledon were very up for that match at the start of the year, and West Ham were still finding their feet. We were still trying to sort of search out our best team, work out where these new players were going to fit, and now we're we're settled. We're going to have we'll have uh, more players back. It's yeah, I don't unless Wimbledon really have really just given up on the league. I think. Uh, that they're going to be, they will be up for it. Of course they will, because it's a cup game. You throw everything at it for 90 minutes, see what happens. But we should have the quality to be able to deal with it. I, th- I, I can see a similar kind of possession thing. I think we will just try and keep the ball, make them work hard, because they will be working hard every single game to try and fight their way out of the um, the issue they're in at the moment. And... Uh, yeah, I, I think our quality will see it through. And at this stage of the cup, it's always fun to play someone 
who like in, in the lower league, it, it's what the cup's about. I wouldn't want just a random other uh, like I wouldn't want to play Brighton. It's it seems a bit boring to play another Premier League side that doesn't have a big uh, history behind it or like a rivalry. And I think it'll be a good day. It'll be a good day. I agree with that. I think anytime you draw a, a, someone that's not in the EPL at this stage of the cup, it's great news for us. Yeah, and, and I mean, I don't think there's too much else we can really can really, um, you know, jump into here on that. Uh, let, let's get so <laughs> Scott Davis, Denver West Ham at Denver West Ham did ask uh, if we drew Millwall in the cup, would you rather be home or away? Um, none of us would be going to that match just based off of geography and the sheer price of flights. Um, but uh, he does have an interesting one uh, after that, and that is what formation would you play against Arsenal? Um, I'll jump in first and just say I would go with the uh, 4-2-3-1. I think that's our best formation, which sounds like blasphemy from the 4-2-2-2 man that I am. <laughs> but I think we need more in the midfield, and having Nazri a top two defensive midfielders or two midfielders playing further back, which will probably be Rice and Noble. Um, I think that gives us the most balance and the most ability to break up their their swift counterattack and, and their really quick uh, attack up the middle. So that's my pick. Uh, guys, if you'd like to give us yours. I'll roll with you on that. I think, you know, Arsenal is one of those clubs. You could say Spurs maybe. Uh, I don't think anybody was surprised by Liverpool or Man City, but you could say with the the change that they made at manager, they're probably one of the most surprising clubs in Premier League uh, this year. For my money, I mean, they've real they look like a totally different side this year than they have in the last couple of years just based on interest level and skill level and they would show that from time to time uh, before under Arsene Wenger, but it just that was a clear case of something that's run its course. And so I think it's going to be a really good measuring stick for West Ham to play Arsenal at this point in the season for both clubs. But I, I like what you said about the formation there. One thing I've loved about Pellegrini's attitude versus our last three managers is that he is going to give it a go for sure. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's the way to approach it. Yeah, I, I can't disagree there. Uh, Scott, what's what's your formation? Uh, I think we try and keep kind of similar. I, I'd love to be able to say we keep it uh, at a like a four-two-two-two, but I think we're I think we're going to drop that extra midfielder in uh, behind Arnie. I think Nasri would be perfect for that. Uh, do a so go for like a four-two-three-one. Uh, kind of try and stifle the midfield a bit because Arsenal's goal scorers are their best asset. They are, I mean, Obama Young and Lacazette. This. There was a time a few years ago where they were looking just for one of them, and they would have they would have uh, been over the moon with just signing one of them. And now they've got both in the team. Uh, Aubameyang has loads of shots, and he has the ability to pick out a great one every. every like it seems to be every match at the moment, and it will be tough. And I just think we need to make sure that we don't give away too many opportunities to them. Um, and just as a little bit of uh, flavour for. Uh, the question we actually raised with the um, would you rather play home and away or home or away um, it's not the current ground unfortunately but I've actually played at the old den uh, which was Millwall's old ground and uh, having played because my, my youth team well, did particularly well and we got to play the Millwall youth team and we played on their pitch at half time we weren't allowed to wear our, our own kit because we would have been abused and had stuff thrown at us if we had. <laughs> we were 10. 
so we had to play in the Millwall away kit to make them think that we were part of their club. Uh, that wow. is the kind of fan they are. So yeah, just Millwall for me, like a special fire like, against them. I think is a it's a big thing for most West Ham fans. But yeah, they are they're not a, a particularly nice, a particularly nice club in any way, shape, or form. Uh, considering we would actually have a rivalry. Yeah, uh, I think I think the police were uh, begging the FA to try and fix it, just as some way not to come up against us. I did see someone say they were hoping that it wasn't Millwall that we drew because things would devolve uh, and escalate into violence probably pretty quickly, and then it would just end up looking bad on West Ham, who are trying to sort of straighten their image up a bit, which is a fair yeah. point. But yeah. then there's also that gritty rivalry that everyone wants in sports that could have had... <clears throat> one of two chances to happen this year it could have been it could have been that but yeah i i don't know if i'm totally on board with that either hey we're called green street hammers for a reason right <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> i knew it was gonna come up <laughs> um okay guys let's jump into some uh quick uh what's more likely uh for future blog titles here um so i'm gonna throw out some blog titles Uh, two of them about the same topic we have three of them on the docket here and in a word or two uh, you guys can you guys can give me which is more likely to happen and why Um, we'll start with uh, Scott and then we'll work our way across to Jeremiah Um, the first one here is going to be for the, the upcoming match against Arsenal West Ham limp out of Arsenal match after lopsided loss or West Ham look refreshed in irons win Scott what do you think is more likely uh, I would love to say that I think the Irons look refreshed. I I fear that our defence has been giving up some chance. Even the matches we've won, we've shown some. Uh, we've shown that we don't necessarily shut down defensively. The one yeah, promise I have going into the Arsenal match at the moment is that the goals we conceded against Brighton were just set pieces, and I don't think Arsenal are any better at set pieces than we are. And. I, I I fear that the uh, Arsenal uh, or West Ham limp away is going to be a more likely one, unfortunately. Jeff, what do you think? I think that's true. Literally limp away. I think it's most likely that we're limping away because we've got too many people nicked up, and I think Arsenal is pretty clinical, and I've already said I've been impressed with them, uh, so I think that's the more likely thing that we're going to see coming out of this match, and not to be completely negative, but you know we were on that really strong run a form, but you go back now to the last four Premier League games, not counting the cup game we just won, but we've only won one of our last four. We got a couple losses in there and a draw, so I think uh, a draw would be a great result, but I think it's most likely that we would come out of this without any points. And Jeremiah? Yeah, I'm going to beat a dead horse with you guys on that one. I would like to see us come out with a draw, but with the injuries that we have kind of currently going on, I don't know if anybody's going to be back in time for that match or not, but um, yeah, I just I don't know. Last time we played each other, we were two different teams, completely. Uh, we were both bottom of the league, and I know it was only what the third or fourth match, but uh, uh, still, you know, I think kind of Arsenal really turned it around. We both kind of have since then, but they just have a lot, and the set pieces scare me. Um, for whatever reason, Diop's looked a little shaky on some set pieces in the last couple matches, but um, yeah, because I think General's not there to tell him what to do. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we are. I think it's going to be a limp away. I would hope for a draw. You never know. You never know. We could come out just guns a blazing and and take it over. But yeah, if we're going to play more likely, I'll go with the limp away. I'm glad you guys all picked that because that truly is the more likely of the two. 
the only thing would be like an early goal because their their defense isn't all that impressive. Um, I think, but Kinshelny got injured recently as well, so it's going to be uh, Socrates and Mustafi who both are you know liable to get a yellow if not red card at any point in time mm. uh, especially if you have someone like Arnautovic laughing in their face should he steal a ball <laughs> off of them uh, but I, I'm with you guys the the all likeliness it's going to be a, 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 a limping loss for West Ham but we stay positive and motivated that uh, we can change that and on to the next one West Ham and Pellegrini spend big on January recruits or West Ham do little in reserve transfer window Scott yeah, I don't think we're going to do much. I, I certainly don't see us spending big. I've said before that January isn't the time to get these big players. We're not... I don't think we're quite close enough to sort of pushing the big teams that the board are going to look at it and go, if we get one more player in, we can do it. I think we need another summer of like careful recruitment and buying decent players then because right now I don't think we're... Uh, we're quite there and January you're going to pay inflated prices you really are for anyone who's going to improve a Premier League side it's going to be a big price all right Jeff yeah I agree do little for everything that you just said I mean for it's it's just it's not the time we spent so much in the summer and we had such a great transfer window I think it's almost a little irresponsible to come back and think you're going to have that great success and throw a bunch of money at it again in January. Let's have a better plan in the summer for what we really need and when the prices are more reasonable and you can fly a little bit more under the radar, like we did last summer, really. Jeremiah? Yeah, I'm going to agree. Kind of uh, West Ham's favorite time of year on Twitter is uh, when the transfer <laughs> window is open because, you know, we're just linked to everybody. It's uh, good for views. <laughs> and uh, But, yeah, I don't, I don't think we're going to get anybody big. Like you said, maybe we might get some like kind of quiet player in the French league or Spanish side. Um, it just depends on who that might be, but yeah, I don't think we're going to flash too much cash this time around. Yeah. Another clean sweep here. I don't think so either. I think maybe our biggest move could come with looking at who we have out on loan. I think they're determined to get Oxford into the championship. So if they recall him, it'll be to send him back out probably. But we talked about it pre-show without Mike's on, of course. And uh, I think uh, Edmilson Fernandez is turning heads in Italy Played in, played in his correct holding midfield position, as well as Jordan Hugel's looked actually really good mm-hmm. in recent weeks for uh, Middlesbrough. People were saying, oh, he's only scoring penalties. Two of his goals have been penalties, sure, but ask uh, Cesc Fabregas how important it is to convert your penalties because he was looking for the perfect <laughs> exit from Chelsea and didn't get it. So, uh, yeah, penalties only as good as the guy taking it, and uh, Weston haven't been getting a lot of those, but they could use some striker who's young, he's 26, and who runs down the ball almost exactly like Arnautovic does. And Hugel, when he was excited to come out to all the bubbles, uh, was putting the pressure on there, looking like a Tottenham player at the top of the table. So uh, it, it, it may be worth looking at, that's for sure. Uh, and, guys, the last one here is, and this is a long-term one, but we'll see, Felipe Anderson leads West Ham in scoring after slow start or Fit Arnautovic retakes West Ham goal lead, finishes as top scorer. Scott? Mm. I think if Arnautovic stays fit, you're going to be looking at Arnie as their top scorer at the end of the season. Uh, I think Anderson has scored most of his goals when Arnautovic hasn't been playing. I think he takes that kind of mantle on as the chief creator. Uh, He just doesn't have that same avenue to supply. Uh, But yeah, I think we're 
I think Arnie would end up as a tough scorer. All right, Jeff. Just to be different, I'll say Anderson because I think it could be an if by the way that Arnie plays that he he maintains his fitness throughout the rest of this, the campaign. I hope he does, but the way he throws his body around, the fact that he's already been nicked up uh, could limit his opportunities. And to, to be different from Scott, I'll say Philippe Anderson. And Jeremiah? Yeah, I'm going to go with Anderson as well. I think when we start getting some people back healthy, maybe go back to that 4-2-2-2 or 4-4-2, however you want to look at it. He, I think Anderson thrives a little bit more in that role. Um, and you're right. I mean, he scored more with Ardanovich out because Arnie kind of takes the ball and kind of does his thing sometimes, which works. But uh, I do think you'll see more of the 4-4-2, or I hope you'll see more of the 4-4-2 by the end of the year with Anderson taking a lead. I'm going to go with Scott on this one, Sarinovich. Uh, again, it's it's predicated on him being healthy, but if you have Nazri now slash Lanzini in a month or two's time behind the striker and you have uh, Anderson out wide, Diangana, maybe Snodgrass, who knows, maybe Antonio or even Yarmolenko by the end of the season, I think you're going to start seeing that more up-the-middle attack, which benefits Arnautovic more than anyone. Um, all right, that's it for this segment here. Uh, when we come back, we'll look ahead to the Arsenal match. All right, in the final segment here, we are going to give our preview for the upcoming Arsenal match. Uh, we did lose Jeff along the way. Um, and we'll save his score prediction till the end. Uh, it's quite negative, so I don't really want to start the segment with it. Um, but guys, what, what are our general thoughts here heading into the Arsenal match? They've been in form and, and looking solid all season long, uh, but they did lose to Southampton, and then we did beat Southampton right afterwards, so transitive theory, I guess we're better than them in that sense. But uh, Scott, do you have any sort of, uh, any sort of, I don't want to say hope, but uh, is there, are there any openings for West Ham in this match? Yeah, I, I think um, Arsenal are not uh, solid defensively. They've also got an issue with dealing with stuff in the air. I mean, that Southampton match showed it perfectly. They, uh, Leno has come in and done well for them. He's a very good shot stopper uh, and a decent sweep giver, but he's not good as good at dealing with things in the air. I think if we get some balls into Arnie, uh, maybe from a little bit deeper than we're used to, uh, I think we really could trouble them because... Arnie is strong, he's powerful. You said earlier he's going to laugh in their face when they when they miss the ball, and he is he's not going to let them forget any mistake, and he will be on them all the time. So I do think it's going to be a really it's going to be a game of who can take the chances, because I, I do like I assume Balbuena will be back, and Balbuena and Diop for me are a solid pairing, but they will give up some chances. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be a quite a high octane game. In that regards, Jeremiah. Yeah, I think a lot of the same. You know, like I said in the previous segment, when we played each other at the beginning of the year, two completely different teams. Um, and Leno is good. He, but like you said, Scott, he is a uh, suspect from time. And I think that I'm hoping we can take advantage of that. Uh, Balbuena should be back. I don't know if if Chicha will be back or not. I guess that just depends. Um, but I do think if we can get the pressure on him early. And even if it's not scoring goals, but just kind of keeping it down there and getting pressure on them, you know, we're going to cross the ball in. Um, and it depends, I guess, if Carroll plays or how much he plays. Um, depends how much we cross the ball in. But I think that that can be a big issue as well. Um, and it could be in our favor. I do hope Bob, Bob oh, sorry, Bob Wayne is back. And um, that might solidify the defense a little bit. It's just going to be, I think it's going to be a tough game back and forth. Um, hopefully it pans out a little bit better than it did earlier this year. Um, I don't have an exact, I guess, prediction yet, but I do hope uh, 
I do hope it'll pan a little bit better than it did earlier. Yeah, and, and I think we can sort of work off of that earlier match and hopefully bring something similar um, to how it started because West Ham scored an early goal. Uh, Felipe Anderson assisted uh, Marco Arnautovic, who scored bottom left corner. It was on Petr Cech then, but um, I think the, a similar goal would, would do the trick against uh, Bernd Leno now. But, um, yeah, they, they they have some issues defensively. I think Laurent Koscielny is out injured now. Um, so that leaves uh, Socrates and Mustafi to sort of run that central midfield. And they're not the biggest guys. And if you have Marco Arnautovic jumping at them early and you have Mikel Antonio possibly playing the right wing, which I could see them doing, um, I, I, I don't know exactly how that'll play out for Arsenal. And especially if you have Mustafi or Socrates on a yellow and tired at the end of the match for the last 20 minutes, Andy Carroll comes off the, the sideline. I think that this could be a match where you really start to see um, Carroll exposing people as far as just jumping at balls and being sort of a, a hard-to-play-against kind of guy. But I agree with what you said there, Scott. It's it's a little unpredictable, but they're defensively weak, and we should sort of try to start on the front foot, not ignoring their pretty awesome attack, but uh, certainly trying to attack them as much as we can early. Um, something that's become... A tradition here is sort of doing the combined 11 um, and seeing who exactly would start in each position. Um, we'll, we'll go for a formation of 4-2-3-1. Uh, actually, let's go 4-4-2. That makes it a little bit easier, I think, uh, to sort of line up these teams here. So we'll start at the back. Are we taking Burnt Leno or are we taking Fabianski and Net? Jeremiah, what do you think? I'm going to take uh, Fabianski. I'm with you there, Scott. Yeah, I think uh, Fabianski's uh, shown that he can. He's, he's a very good all-round keeper. Leno may add some facets to his game, but I think right now Fabianski's the better better keeper. And at right back, are we going uh, Maitland Niles, who had a good match against uh, Liverpool, or are we looking to go with Pablo Zabaleta? Oof. I think I think Zabaleta brings a lot to this uh, side, and I think he adds a lot of experience without being um, hampered by his age. I think that's a huge quality to have. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with that. I think Zabaleta for sure, just because of I mean he's been on fire this year. I think we'll keep it up. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna again make it a clean sweep here. I think if you ask this question next year, it's gonna be Maitland Niles because he looks like he's mm. he's developing yeah. really really well. Uh, promising for England too, I believe. So um, for right now, Zabaleta, until you can take it from him, uh, it's going to be Zabaleta. Um, center backs, any two of the combination of Mustafi, Socrates, Issa Diop, and Fabian Balbuena. I don't I don't want to sound like a homer, but I kind of want to take the West Ham duo. Yeah, I think over those two, uh, just you said the other guy's out injured right now. I'm not even gonna try to butcher his name. Is Kishelny? Is that am I saying that right? Yeah, that sounded good. Yeah, pretty. If I say it fast enough, then it sounds right. Um, but yeah, I think, like you said, being a homer, I'm gonna go straight West Ham. What do you think, Scott? Uh, I can't disagree with you there. I think he's uh, again. We're 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 really uh, pushing into the picking all the West Ham players here, but I, I don't think we are. I think we're. I think Arsenal would probably pick these kind of players as well. They probably fit the mould of the Arsenal, especially Diop. Uh, 
young uh, up-and-coming adds a little bit of uh, tenacity uh, and they have the mobility of the um, the, the Arsenal defence don't at the moment yeah I, I, I don't know it's just it's just something that um, West Ham seemed to have put together when they had uh, Diop and Balbuena playing together that win streak was intact Balbuena goes out injured all of a sudden West Ham starts losing matches again I don't think it's by coincidence. I think that's a really good partnership that they put together there. So uh, can't disagree with with that one. Uh, left back, I'm going to take Kalazanac, Kalazanac over uh, Cresswell and or Mazuaku. You could tape them together, and I would still take Kalazanac over them. But uh, <laughs> what do you guys think? I completely, completely agree with you. He's uh, potentially a little bit... Um, he goes on a bit of a wonder, but then so does Mazuaku. So uh, I think he's got pace, power. He's got technique as well. So I think we're. I think he's better than our two left backs for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that too. I think if you had uh, Hammer of the Year Cresswell from a couple of years ago, you would take him. But uh, right now, um, yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Um, okay, now let's go to the midfield, and we're gonna go central midfield first here, and we're gonna have six players to pick from. Uh, three Arsenal, three West Ham. For West Ham, you're going to have Mark Noble, Declan Rice, and Pedro Obiang. And for Arsenal, it's going to be Granit Xhaka, Ganduzi, and uh, Lucas Torreya. Who out of those six would you use to make up a midfield duo, Scott? I I like, oh, I'd say Declan Rice, I think, walks into the team. Um, but my other one would probably be Lucas Torreya. I think he's been really good for Arsenal this year. They potentially play quite a similar position, but Torreira is he's very mobile. I think he can sort of uh, do a sweeping action, uh, like a sweep in front of Rice. I think Rice is just super solid as a base of our a midfield duo. Uh, I think he gives us all the shape we need, and I think he would walk into pretty much any side, maybe apart from uh, I, the only side that I think might not be interested in him would be Man City and Chelsea. Uh, they've got a lot of players in those positions, but then um, and Chelsea probably don't use a defensive midfield like we do. But yeah, I think he's I think he's class. Yeah, I'm not trying to copy you, Scott, but I think I would go the same <laughs> way. I think <laughs> Declan Rice you got to put in there, and then yeah, it's just an easy fit to put Torreya with him. So yeah, those two for me. I'll disagree. I'm going to say uh, Granite Xhaka. Torreya hasn't done it consistently enough, and I think he's going to be a great player for them. But I, I like Xhaka's physicality. He's that, that stonewall defensive midfielder as well. Plus the Xhaka boom. He, he, he can release that shot from distance, so I'll take that. Um, let's go to right mid. Um, kind of a handful of players you can pick here. But for, for uh, Arsenal, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them... Because he didn't come up as an attacking midfielder, I'll give them Aaron Ramsey as well as uh, uh, Mkhitaryan. And for West Ham, I will go Snodgrass and uh, Grady Diangana, and we can also put in Mikel Antonio. Jeremiah, I'll get you to – you can go ahead and pick first there. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to debate on that one. I don't <laughs> want <laughs> – um... What were the two options again for Arsenal? Sorry. Aaron Ramsey and uh, Mkhitaryan. I think I'd probably go with Mkhitaryan. I, I think for, for we're going to go right mid or right wing, however we're looking at this. Um, just He's had a really good year this year. I think he's uh, third for them in goals. 
Um, I think he has four. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I was looking it up earlier this morning. But yeah, he's. I just like him overall. Um, him or Ramsey would be tough between the two of them, but I would go Mkhitaryan. Yeah, I, I would. I'm going to go with Ramsey. I think he's pretty dynamic and uh, is getting a lot of attention these days. Um, but yeah, I, I think Mkhitaryan's exciting. Uh, Dean Ghana's got some work to do and growing up a bit. Snodgrass has not been on form like he used to, and Antonio. Um, looks like more of an impact sub rather than a starter, but uh, I, I would give it to Aaron Ramsey. What about you, Scott? I I like McTarren uh, on that right side. I think he's uh, I think he's class. Uh, he's one of these players that might not have all the physicality the Premier League had, uh, properly requires. Uh, I like Aaron Ramsey. Um, it's it is a tough one because I also think Snodgrass has played exceptionally well this season and. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with the Arsenal man. Uh, I like Mkhitaryan. I think he's a classy, a classy passer of the ball, and he would create a lot of chances. All right, all right. And uh, I'm just going to probably – I'll put the option out there, but uh, we're all probably going to be taking Felipe Anderson over Alex Awobi. Yeah. 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 Um, all right, let's pick our two strikers. Uh, Arnautovic and Andy Carroll versus Lacazette and Aubameyang. Jeremiah, go ahead and give us your, your combined two there. <laughs> so I'm going to go Arnie. I'm going to split him down the middle. I'll go Arnautovic, and I'm probably going to go... Uh, that's tough. Aubameyang, probably. Yeah, I'm taking I think that the two of those. Too. Yeah, I think the two of those together, you know, if you're playing FIFA or football manager together, would be uh, would be solid, you know, since that's how we base our ratings anyway. Exactly, yeah. Well, we don't know anything <laughs> about football, so... Uh, <laughs> what do you think, Scott? I think, uh, yeah, I'd go Arnie and Aubameyang. I think Arnie is a, a perfect... He's great up on his, on his own, but he works well as a pair as well. He's a, he works hard, he scores goals, and he creates chances. And Aubameyang is a brilliant finisher. Uh, you give him enough for the ball around the box and he'll score. Uh, I think he's better at that than Lacazette. Um, I think Lacazette's a similar... Uh, maybe a, a little bit more technical... Uh, minded than Arnie, uh, it doesn't quite have that physical physicality and fire that um, the Austrian has, and that's why I'm going to go with the, the say one from West Ham, one from Arsenal for that. All right, yeah, I can't can't disagree on that one either. Um, that's actually a pretty good team. That'd be pretty solid. West mostly West Ham's defense, mostly Arsenal's attack, and a good solid mix up the middle, um, whether it be Terea or Xhaka and and Declan Rice. Um, all right, let's let's finish off here strong with our score predictions. Um, we'll sell Jeff down the river here and say that he, without hesitation, said that Arsenal would win this match 3-1. Um, makes me sick. I, I have the same feeling there. Let's look at their last matches here. They beat back Blackpool in the FA Cup 3-0. They beat Fulham 4-1. And then Liverpool beat them 5-1. Before that, they drew Brighton. So we have that in common. And they beat uh, Burnley just before that. And actually, ahead of that, they lost to Tottenham 2 0 in uh, League Cup, uh, the Carabao Cup, and then they lost to Southampton. So they're a bit up and down. Uh, I think if you can jump on them early, you can you can sort of give them a ride. Um, they do tend to come back, especially if they don't start Lacazette and Aubameyang together. They can bring one on later to sort of give themselves a surge. But uh, I, I like a two-two draw on this one. Lots of goals, lots of action. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. What about you, Jeff? Oh, sorry, Jeremiah. Well, we already know Jeff went three yeah, one, which is yeah, uh, big awful. Fan. Awful, yeah. I have to question that. But uh, I'm going to go with you with the two two. Uh, I 
I don't want to sound pessimistic. I don't think there's any way that we keep them from from not scoring at least two goals. Uh, their attack has just been it's been really on point. I think they've had a couple up and down games, you know, that five to one against Liverpool, but it's Liverpool, uh, you know, and I think two, two is, is a solid bet. I think we come out of there with a draw, um, but we got to get on them early. I don't think we can sit back and try to play that possession ball um, kind of in our half. I think we need to really kind of push it on towards them. And Scott, do you want to end us off here? Yeah, uh, well, I was going to go with, uh, I think, 2 or 2-1. I, I probably to Arsenal, unfortunately, it's, it's probably going to be quite likely. Uh, I I have voted for, like, on things I've been seeing go around. I think a score draw is quite likely. I think we both, I think we could exploit Arsenal's weaknesses, but their goal scoring is very strong. And that's the, uh, that's the kind of trade-off we're looking at here. All right, guys. Uh, any final thoughts from either of you guys on uh, on anything West Ham related right now? No, I say like we're churning out articles at the moment. There's loads of stuff on Queen Street Hammers. We're trying to cover every rumor we see, um, and now being January, the papers are linking us to everyone. So it's been it's been hard going trying to catch up with them all. But uh, <laughs> that's not, yeah, anyone listening, if you. If you think that there's a room we have we've missed, we need to discuss. Let us know, and uh, we'll, we'll get on it. At Green St Hammers and Jeremiah, any final thoughts and words? No, you know, like I said, you know, we're uh, we're going to get everybody this transfer window according to Sky Sports and everybody else. So <laughs> um, just keep your eyes on that. But uh, no, I got nothing else. So come on, you irons. All right, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.